This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. It's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Ah, Welcome to our first ever episode of the Statman Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Duffus, a.k.a. the always bringing up stats guy. Yes, I'm that guy. We're talking about sports, man, and I'm going to have my own opinion, and so do you. But we got to have something to back it up, right? So that's why statistics matter. Yeah, I can never pronounce that word, so I just say stats. But anyway, just a little about me. I reside in the state of New Jersey, but my allegiance is to the Los Angeles Lakers, the Chicago Cubs, the Green Bay Packers, and in college basketball, the North Carolina Tar Heels. So now that you know, I'm going to bring you various topics and segments, like what are you talking about segment, the I'm confused segment, the stat of the day or the stat of the week, the keep it in context segment. I'm going to obviously have future guests, Q&As, because I want to involve you listeners in this journey. And I'm excited, man. I'm just very excited. It's going to be fun. But with no further ado, let's just get in our first ever episode segment of What Are You Talking About, Bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Not ever in my sports days did I ever think I will come on a podcast or a radio station and talk about someone's outfit. Because to me, that doesn't matter. But yet somehow I'm here talking about Serena Williams' cat suit. And it's in the news. <laughs> and for the wrong reasons. Serena Williams has been targeted by the French Open Federation. People, they have a problem with what she's wearing. Even though the woman has won the French Open, what, three times? I mean, again, story. I'll tell you a story. She's been to 30 Grand Slam finals. She's lost seven times and won 23 times. That's enough statistics for you. You don't need to know anything else. She's the greatest player ever. 23 Grand Slams. 23. That's like winning 10 NBA finals. That That's like... Winning like seven World Series. But yet we have these idiots in the French Open, especially the president, talking about banning her cat suit outfit for the next tournament because it wasn't up to standard or it was seems or it it seemed kind of disrespectful to them that she would wear something like that. And of course, knowing the era we live in in social media, Social media, my Twitter feed lit up. I mean, the, the tweets I was reading, the comments, they all, most of them came to Serena's defense. And rightfully so. And my favorite one was Nike's tweet, where they said, you can take the superhero out of her costume, but you can never take away her superpowers. Indeed. Yes, Serena, to me, is a superhero. She's definitely a superhero. And to me, she belongs in the Avengers, by the way. If you want to talk about that, if you want to replace any Avenger, I don't care who it is, but Serena Williams needs to be added to that list. But anyway, we're talking about her outfit. Why? I don't understand. 
What does it matter what she's wearing? Matter of fact, French Open Federation, do you know why she's even wearing the catsuit outfit? Aside from the fact that it actually looks good on her? When she was giving birth to her baby daughter, she was having blood flow issues. The woman almost died. So of course, her sponsor, Nike, was working with her to design an outfit that would prevent her having those issues on the court and possibly dying on the court. But no, you guys are just worried about the outfit. You're not concerned about her health issues. You're not concerned about her performance. And you should be because she's your best player in the sport. And I'm coming to her defense because I can relate to that. I've always been the shortest guy on the court. I've always been the guy they always pick last. So I always had to do extra. And I feel like Serena Williams, I don't know if they're targeting her based on her background. But again, I, I, I think all the way back. Look where she comes from. Look how hard she had to work. Matter of fact, I don't want to bring up the obvious. She's an African-American female. And she's a female. So she has to work harder at anything to get accepted. Yet, the woman has performed over her life. And in 2018, this federation is focusing on her outfit. You got to be kidding me. You have to do better. It's things like these. It's how you lose viewerships. Is how you lose fans. This is petty stuff. Focus on something else. Focus on trying to get better avenues or, or venues rather for for your sport. Trying to do advertisement for the sport. Do something else. But stop focusing on the best player. Let her be, man. Let her just live. Let her just play. What does it matter what she wears? Serena, you will forever be our superhero, okay? So keep doing your thing. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused here, bud. In our first ever edition of the I'm Confused segment, I want to talk about MVP awards. But most particularly in this world of soccer. Because this year, they released that list of the top three for MVP and that list just didn't make sense at all. The UEFA Player of the Year shortlist. Uh, that's equivalent in other sports it's called the MVP. Here's where you nominate, or rather, some panelists, players, coaches. They vote who they think is the best player for a particular year. And in soccer, that's what they do as well. Well, this year's list that they released was quite confusing to me. Because... The best player in the world, who happens to be Lionel Messi. Yes, Lionel Messi by a mile. It's not on that short list. But Cristiano Ronaldo, Mohamed Salah, and Luka Modric is on the short list. Um, based on what? Again, I'm confused. Why are these guys on the short list and Messi's not there? Okay. So, of course, I want to do my homework like I always do. Because... I try to tell an entire story. So, in order for you to vote the MVP in football, in football, where I'm from, they call it football. But of course, soccer, there's a lot of criteria you got to take into consideration. One, how you perform domestically in your league, how you perform in the UEFA Champions League, which happens to be 
behind the World Cup, the second biggest award that any player would want to win, then you have to consider how they perform in that championship. Like I said, domestically. And you also, if there are other tournaments that happen to be relevant that particular season, you take them into account. And this year we had, the obviously, the UEFA Champions League. We had the World Cup. And next year, just for context, they're going to have in South America what's called the Copa America. But that does not apply to this award this season. Just the Champions League, the World Cup, and domestically. So, of course, I looked up the statistics for all these players that made the shortlist in comparison to Messi. So, domestically, these are Messi's numbers. 32 appearances, 34 goals, 12 assists, 81.2 pass percentage, 5.5 key passes, 22 man of the matches, and an overall rating of 8.68. That's regular Messi for the past 12 years. Cristiano Ronaldo, 27 appearances, 26 goals, 5 assists, 6.6 shots per game, 81.6 passing percentage, 7 man of the matches, 7.94 overall rating. Mohamed Salah, 34 appearances, 32 goals, 10 assists, <laughs> 4 shots a game. Matter of fact, I forgot to mention Messi's shots a game. He had 5.5 shots per game. So Ronaldo shot, what, 1.1 more shots than him, and Messi shot 1.5 more shots than Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah had 76.7 pass percentage, which is not that great to me. He had an overall 7.69 rating for the season and he only had eight man of the matches Luka Modric who happens to be a midfielder his stats is not going to stand out okay he's supposed to be a playmaker he's supposed to have key passes and dribbles and all that other statistics that people say don't matter but does matter well I looked those up as well and offensively if you look at it Messi in comparison to all these players lead them in every statistical category except for one Aerial attacks one. You might say, why does that matter? Aerial attacks, it's just, you know, when balls go in the box, when there's a bunch of players in there and they try to hit it with their head inside of the box, try to score. Of course, Cristiano Ronaldo is like 20 feet taller than Messi. So, of course, he's going to have better aerial statistics. But in all the key categories in the sport, Lionel Messi leads all the players on this list by a mile. And yet, he's not on the shortlist. And I'll tell you why he's not on the shortlist. And it's simple. Because this award has always been about politics. Eh, in comparison to the NBA, it could be about a feel-good story. It could be about an outstanding performance, that ridiculously outstanding performance. But I feel like Messi has finally caught up to the... We're tired of giving Michael Jordan the Best Player of the Year award. So we're just going to give it to someone else. Yeah. Messi caught the short end this year. Because in my estimation, yeah, Ronaldo scored a bunch of goals. He's been scoring a bunch of goals for his career. But but what else has he done this season? Score a bunch of goals in the Champions League? He won the Champions League. Granted, I'll give him that. What is What else has he done for the entire season? Nothing. Absolutely nothing in comparison to these other players on the list. But yet, 
he's on the list, the other players are on the list, but the best player in the world is not on the list. So I'm absolutely confused. I'm just confused. Even if we take into account the World Cup, yes, Ronaldo scored a bunch of goals. Messi didn't perform as well. And he didn't perform as well because his teammates didn't help him out. And yes, his teammates did matter. Because his teammates were that awful that teams were literally queuing on Messi. Messi couldn't do anything, not because he didn't perform. Granted, there was a game where he didn't show up. He was invisible. But his teammates didn't help his cause. And teams just decided, look, Messi's just that great. We're just going to put three or four people in front of him. He's not going to do anything else. That's what happened. They just allowed Ronaldo, in comparison, and Mohamed Salah to just roam around the field because they weren't concerned about anyone else. They said, you're not such a threat. You're not going to do anything. And what was the end result? Mohamed Salah got knocked out in a group stage. Luka Modric made the World Cup final with Croatia. Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi got knocked out in the round of 16. So yeah, Ronaldo scored a bunch of goals. Messi had, what, two assists and one goal in the World Cup. But they both got knocked out in the round of 16. That just says their team sucked. That's all it says. So we are just going to, what, penalize Messi for what? Because his standard is so high and he didn't play up to his standard. Thus, he's not supposed to make it on the list. Sometimes I just wonder with these panelists because they just confuse me at times. Look at the Hall of Fame this year. It took it took Terrell Owens, what, three tries to make it into the Hall of Fame? Look at his statistics. Look at his performance on the field. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but yet journalists had an issue with him, so they made him wait and wait. And in this case, they're penalizing Messi for what? For nothing. The man won his domestic league by a mile. He won the second award, which is called the Copa del Rey. Cristiano Ronaldo's team, Real Madrid, didn't even qualify past the quarterfinals for that. Messi won everything domestically. He's the leading scorer in Europe. He was the leading scorer domestically. He was top five in assists. And he's not on the short list. UEFA. Just, 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 just stop. Just stop. You know, like, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with you guys. I can't take you serious. Since 2010, I didn't take you serious anymore. I just, I just couldn't do it. And I'm getting to that point with the NBA as well. I know I'm deviating off the topic, but it's relevant. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double this year. Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double last year. The Oklahoma City Thunder were relative in the same position they were last year. But somehow, James Harden won the MVP and not Russell Westbrook. Again, this is not saying that James Harden did not deserve the MVP award in the NBA. What I'm saying is that the criteria changes year by year. And this happens in every sport, in my estimation, except for baseball. Because in baseball, it doesn't matter how well your team performs. Because look at Mike Trout. What have the Angels been doing for the past, what, five seasons? Nothing. But yet, Mike Trout has been winning MVP awards after MVP awards. Matter of fact, he's on pace to becoming the greatest player ever. So think about that for a second. Does requirements matter? Or favoritism matters? That's all I have to say about that. Here's by the numbers. 
This is your Stats of the Day. Yes, the Stat of the Day is brought to you from no other than Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, who just signed a four-year, $134 million contract. Whew, that's a lot of money. Come on, Aaron, just give me 2% of that, and I'll be happy for the rest of my life. That's the extension he just signed. It's going to keep him as the quarterback in Green Bay till the year 2023. And, well, there you go. The man made his money. But that actually segues into my next topic of another player who just made a lot of money as well and who just signed a long contract. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. During the offseason, there's been a lot of talk around Odell Beckham Jr. And... By the time of this recording, Odell Beckham had just signed a five-year, $95 million contract. And if I'm not mistaken, $65 million of it guaranteed. And that's the richest contract for any player at the wide receiver position. Some people, of course, had questions about it. Why is he making more than Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown is making $17 million. And Mike Evans, his total, I don't have it. But I think it's $55 million in total guaranteed money. And those are the bench- benchmarks before Odell Beckham signed his contract. Odell Beckham is not making quarterback money, but he came damn close, though. Aside from Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins and Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham is one of the highest paid players now in the NFL. And, of course, some people had an issue with that because he had various off-field issues. He had multiple on-field issues. Um, remember that game against the Redskins where he was doing a celebration and another game against the Eagles where, you know, he some flags were thrown at him. So, of course, he plays for the New York Giants. They're always in the spotlight. It's a media capital of the world. So, all the spotlight is going to be on Odell. And anything he does is going to be maximized. So, people were questioning this decision. But you have to think about this for a moment. I know you guys have played fantasy football before. When you play fantasy football, you want to have, if you can, a good quarterback, a great wide receiver, and a great running back. If you have that combination, you're most likely going to end up top three in your league or you're actually going to win your league. I actually won my first ever fantasy uh, uh, um, league when I actually had Odell Beckham on my team. And I've been playing fantasy for a long time. I've ended up maybe top five, top three, but I've never actually won till I got Odell Beckham. Let's apply that to real life. The New York Giants have a good, decent quarterback in Eli Manning. They have a great wide receiver in Odell Beckham. They just stole Tom Brady's left tackle, and they just drafted Saquon Barkley. So they have a good running back. So they have a combination to start winning again. But still, people are questioning this money amount that Odell Beckham just got. But let me just remind folks of Odell Beckham's profile. He was injured last year. He didn't play a complete season. Odell Beckham was in the Pro Bowl three times. He caught 313 passes for 4,424 yards, 38 touchdowns over 47 games. If you look at the all-time rank through 47 games in the entire NFL history, 313 receptions, that's first. 
4,424 yards. That's second. 38 touchdowns. That's tied for fifth. And he has 19 100-yard games. That's tied for first. I don't know with whom, but that's pretty damn good. Odell Beckham is the only player in NFL history to start a career with three straight seasons of 90-plus receptions and 1,300-plus receiving yards. Did, did you hear that? Three straight seasons of 90-plus receptions and 1,300-plus yards. What's even crazier, Odell, Odell, listen to this. Odell is one of the eight players in NFL history with 300-plus receptions, 4,000 receiving yards, 30-plus receiving touchdowns over his first four NFL seasons. You know who's in that list? Larry Fitzgerald, future Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, and someone I didn't expect on the list, Keyshawn Johnson, Andre Risen, and Randy Moss. Hall of Famer, 2018 Hall of Famer Randy Moss. Just let that sink in for a second. These are the people Odell Beckham is in the class with. And people are wondering if he's why the Giants gave him that money. Look, man, the Giants are business. The NFL is a business. You want to attract people to your stadium. I live in New Jersey. We get to watch all the New York Giants games every week, whether we like it or not. I only watch Giant games because of Odell Beckham. If I ever in my life as a Packers fan want to go to MetLife Stadium and watch the Giants, it would be all because of Odell Beckham. So, of course, pay him. They had to pay him. The Giants had no choice. You can't replace Odell Beckham. Everyone knows Odell Beckham for that catch. It's all over YouTube. The catch. One of the greatest catches you will ever see. Ever. This is not an exaggeration. If you've never seen it, we will leave a link in any description. We're going to put that in the podcast notes so you can see it. This is one of the most ridiculous catches you ever make. And like I said at the beginning of this segment, you want to have a great wide receiver, you want to have a great running back, and you want to have a good quarterback. Those are the recipes for winning. So, of course, Odell might have his issues off the field. He might have his problems on the field as well. Sometimes he might create extra attention that's not needed. But let's face it. Which great wide receiver didn't come with issues? Randy Moss, T.O. especially. They were all great. But you have to live with the issues they come with. Because when the numbers are what they are, you just got to pay them. Odell Beckham. You're not playing for my team, but salute to you, man. Five years, $95 million, 60-plus of it guaranteed. You're living life, man. Don't let anybody stop you. That was absolutely fun, man. Our first episode is finally in the books. Of course, if you liked it, be sure to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Whatever platform you like, just leave a review. That will always help me out. You can always follow us on Facebook on the Statman Podcast. We're going to have 
Q&As. We're going to have special guests in future episodes. You can always listen to those every Tuesday. But for now, Statman signing out. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.